Hello, you are listening to Radio Maria, and this is your word for today with me, Brother Bede Mullins, a Dominican friar of Blackfriars, Oxford. I remember making great discovery as a schoolboy. One day I was ploughing my way through some Latin homework, trying to translate a passage of Cicero. I came across a sentence whose meaning I thought I could see quite clearly, but it made no sense to me. I couldn't understand why Cicero was saying it. So I wondered whether, in fact, I was missing something, or whether I hadn't grasped the meaning. After a few minutes of head-scratching, the realisation dawned. Cicero was trying to make a joke. My great discovery was that even the ancient Romans liked to have a laugh. Many ancient authoritative texts suffer a contamination from the setting in which we read them. The seriousness of the classroom or the solemnity of the liturgy, close our ears to what is meant to be humorous and picturesque, or perhaps tear-jerkingly sentimental. The book of Jonah fits the classic definition of a comedy. No one in the end is really hurt, but everyone ends up looking rather silly. The basic plot is a stock prophet's tale. Nineveh was a proverbially wicked city, like most big cities. Jonah is sent to preach some doom and gloom, the people change their ways, and God relents from the punishment he had planned. The details of the story are fabulous and exaggerated from start to finish. There is, at the beginning of the book, the conveniently placed big fish, ready to swallow Jonah up and spit him out again. Yesterday, we heard that Nineveh was a three days walk in length, larger, that would mean, than Greater London, a size of city completely unknown in the ancient world. There were the the amusingly ostentatious scenes of repentance, the fast imposed even on the animals. Scholars have spilt a great deal of ink trying to explain these curious details, looking to identify the species of fish, or was it a whale, that swallowed Jonah up, or to explain how three days' length can in fact be less than it sounds. The joke is really on them, We must, of course, take scripture seriously, but that also means taking seriously when scripture does not want to be serious. In today's first reading, the humour centres on Jonah's recalcitrance. This is why I never wanted to be a prophet in the first place, he complains to God. I always knew you were so merciful, you would never really destroy them. What I prophesied didn't come true, and now I look like a fool. Jonah doesn't just look like a fool, he is a fool, though he doesn't realise it. First, Jonah fails to understand the point of prophecy. He thinks, like many people, that prophecy is just a matter of telling the future. But prophecy is more often about prognosticating the present, saying what will come to pass if someone continues in the way they are going. The point of a doom-laden prophecy is to move the sinner to repentance, to move sinners to change their ways. Jonah's prophesying has in fact been a success. It has achieved the will of God, who thinks thoughts of peace, not affliction, if only we would think in tune with him. The people of Nineveh have repented, they have been saved. The second point is that Jonah does not realise that he himself has been a recipient of God's mercy. 
when he first received the call to preach in Nineveh, he ran straight in the opposite direction, to Tarshish, probably modern-day Spain. It was God's mercy that pursued him, punishing him, but not destroying him completely. It was God's mercy that gave him an opportunity to repent in the belly of the whale, to turn around and do God's will. Christian tradition identifies that experience in the big fish under the sea as a baptismal experience. Jonah dies to his sin so that he might be reborn again as an instrument of God's work. But Jonah now doesn't realise that if he complains about God's mercy on the Ninevites, he wishes away God's mercy on himself. Christians have written countless commentaries on the Our Father, which Jesus teaches to his disciples in today's Gospel. There is so much to be said, even about this concise version of the prayer offered by St Luke. In the early church, the Our Father was only allowed to be recited after someone had been baptised. It is the prayer of God's children, the prayer of those born again by baptism. And it could have a lot to teach Jonah, had he known it. Forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive each one who is in debt to us. We cannot know the meaning of the mercy we have been shown if we do not, know, if we do not show mercy ourselves. Indeed, we cannot know any of the blessings we pray for unless, until, we ourselves grow in likeness to God our Father, becoming compassionate as he is compassionate. What can we mean, asking for the kingdom of God to come, if we, are not a, if we are not willing to put away our own selfishness? What can we mean, asking for our daily bread, if we are not willing to share the bread we already have? What can we mean, asking not to be put to the test, if we do not take precaution to remove ourselves from occasions of sin? None of us, begins perfect, quite the opposite. We all have to go through our Jonah moments, and the Lord's Prayer grows with us as we make our journey in Christian discipleship. If we can take that Christian maturation in a spirit of good humour, it's so much the better. In heaven, it will be a great delight to us that we were fools for God's sake, and not just fools 